Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning. Welcome to a very special episode of The View from the Afternoon. You already know the title, you know what the score is, but before we get started, I want to just tell you a funny story, because this wouldn't be TPD TV if things didn't go wrong. So I'm about to explain to you what went wrong here, because this is a real bittersweet um, moment. Um, I'm incredibly, incredibly still um, buzzing that I got to sit down and have a real candid and real open and honest and sincere chat with M Shadows. And we don't really talk too much about Avenged Sevenfold on the channel, but they're one of the most significant um, bands that really have really made an impact on my life. If you've been watching for a long time, you'll know that. But in recent years, because Event Sevenfold, you know, haven't really toured in the UK for a little while. We don't, you know, there's no, we haven't really spoke about them much, but but that is how it is. You know, me and the boys, um, you know, we, we kind of came of age listening to this band. So this is a big deal, big deal for me. Um, let me tell you a funny story. So sorted this with them and we uh, we planned it for a Tuesday and then Monday rolls around and M drops me a drops me a DM and he's like, You ready? And I'm like, Yeah man, for sure, like tomorrow, yeah? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, my bad. So I was like, Okay, cool. So like he, he is ready now. Let's see if like he's available now and we'll just do it now. So I was like, well, you know, if you want to do it now, if you're sat in front of the computer, you're kind of in the zone or whatever. Um, that's what I'm thinking. Like, let's do it now. Um, I'm in bed at this point. And he's like, yeah, let's do now. So I'm like, shit. <laughs> I'm like, I start panicking. Um, it's all good, of course. It's all good fun. But like, you know, I'm I'm a bag of nerves at the best of times. Um, so I run in here. I get my computer set up. I I did a, a I did a podcast recently with the R and L Mill, and they used a tool called Riverside, which was an exquisite way to do a remote podcast. Um, so I was like, I need to I need to get this set up, set it all up. Blah blah. blah. Long story short, anyway, Shadows is having some issues with his Google Chrome. I think he had to use Safari. I think my end was telling me. I don't know. Either way, we chatted for an hour. The first 12 minutes or so, unfortunately, the recording wasn't working. And that's on me. That's my bad. Um, we talked a little bit about Download Festival. We talked a lot about California. Um, but it wouldn't be this It wouldn't be this show if something didn't go wrong. So we'll jump into it now. Um, the footage, I did some thinking on the fly, and I've recovered the footage and the audio to a very listenable and watchable level i'm actually i've been panicking all day that it that it that it wouldn't have been um airable if that's the word but i'm very very pleased with how it actually turned out given the on the fly um kind of challenges that i faced anyway m shadows thank you so much for sitting down and having a chat with me i really appreciate it and it was great to chat to you this uh, starting point of the conversation is me asking shadows how he got into crypto and where his crypto journey started and who put him onto crypto it runs for about a minute and then you get the full motion video of both of us we talk about lots of things we talk about crypto of course that was the main thing that we wanted to talk about we talk about rock and roll. We talk about live music. We talk about Kanye West. We even talk a little bit about Grand Theft Auto. So I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed having this conversation. And um, thanks again for jumping on. Anyway, let's get on with the show. And sorry about the fuck up. But as I say, it's very on brand. See you soon. Who put you onto this? Or did you find, figure, like, find out about NFT and crypto like just through your own curiosity? Or did someone say... You need to check this out. This is the future. This is what it looks like. What, like, what's the story there? How did you stumble upon this? I'm a curious little bugger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I grew up, the, the culture around video gaming and the internet obviously is stuff that I'm a, I'm a little older than you. So this stuff was invented during my, you know, my youth, right? Where, yeah. you know, you start a band and you have CDs and then the big innovation was we can burn CDs. Oh, we went from tapes. So now we have CDs where you can change tracks, which was crazy. <laughs> and then 
before like for us it was like you had to rewind yeah I, I i did have a few tips i remember picking up yeah. a, an m&m lose yourself tip back in the day yeah so like but that was like all we knew and then cds came out and that was the new technology and people didn't really quite get it it's like you had to buy a whole new system you know it's a scam to make us buy <laughs> yeah the the music the big music companies just want your money yeah 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 and so then we got cds and then it was like revolutionary for us because we could like skip tracks and go to your favorite track instantly Whoa. and then imagine and then yeah and then then the computer came out in a way that you could actually go to best buy or any store and you could buy a stack of burnable cds and you could burn cds so like now like you have one cd and you're like oh i give it to all my friends <laughs> and then you know uh napster came out and then all of a sudden there was streaming there was a lot of people that either didn't believe in it or they thought it was like not no not no use not useful yeah and then um in 2000 you know then we went through myspace and we went through facebook and all these things that you had to do as a band and that's how you got discovered and you know if you don't have a myspace page you're nothing and so just a funny funny time um and then in 2015 i got introduced to internet money which was bitcoin uh-huh. and it sense to me um being in the gaming community and being in you know, online where we were interacting with people all the time, but there was no real money. It was always, what's your address? How do I send you money? I think PayPal was coming out at the time or it was becoming big and you had to have your credit card and sign up and do all these things where it just seemed like it worked, but yeah. it was whatever. And so internet money to me seemed like it made sense. I didn't really understand the white paper that Satoshi Nakamoto had written, but I bought a bunch of Bitcoin and then I quickly after that bought a bunch of Ethereum because I started understanding smart contracts, the idea of data being on the blockchain and being able to give some sort of ownership over, you know, a consensus ownership that doesn't involve humans that you could do something for me and I could do something for you. And the computer is the one that decides when we both get paid. Mm -hmm. It was it made sense. Um, and I held that till 2000. I mean, I still hold it to this day, but until 2020, then I started hearing about CryptoPunks and CryptoPunks to me was like, oh, there's this new thing on the internet and now we can put data on it. And this is the first use case to where you can have art and ownership. And then I started buying CryptoPunks and then I started getting into these communities and started seeing all these things that people were building. Then the Bored Apes to me was the one that clicked. It was like, oh, community, they can do, they can airdrop you anything they want at any time. They can allow, this thing can allow you into clubs. This thing can, they can do whatever you want it to do. Yeah. And so that's when I started ide ideating about the Death Dots Club. But the technology was just kind of one step at a time. You know, I didn't quite understand all of it at first, but I kind of was just like participating and then, then understanding after I participated. So with the rest of the with the rest of the team all up on this as well, like with the rest of the guys in the band all into crypto and NFT, or was this something you had to kind of sell to them, so to speak, the Death Bats Club? idea or were they already on board well i got brian sin into crypto back when i got into it yeah so but as crypto started getting more and more expensive you know everyone in our camp it was like okay it's now it's too high to buy okay now it's too high to buy you know, yeah i got a theorem at 13 dollars a coin and wow. when it got to but when it when it got to 300 dollars, it was like no way it's going higher you know now it's like 35 3600 um, but so I think everyone kind of missed the boat on that. You know, there were some rises and like rises and falls and, you know, a lot of like, why didn't you sell? Why didn't you sell? But I just believe in it. I believe in the technology. I don't use it as a speculative tool. Yeah. Uh, and so when, when I started collecting JPEGs for lots of money, um, that was like, okay, now that's really lost it. Right. Like that, he's finally gone off the end. And <laughs> took like a couple of months of me talking about it to Brian, who again, got it quicker than everyone else. So he bought a CryptoPunk in June. I had bought mine a few months before that. Um, and at that point I had, I had accumulated a lot of stuff and I was showing him these things and he started digging around Discord. And he's like, wow, this is, this is crazy what people are doing, what they're building. Um, so then he got involved. And then as I started explaining these things to the band, Zach was kind of doing his own research on the side. And the band was, Johnny and Brooks was kind of like, okay, cool. <laughs> just chill. Yeah, but then I was being very persistent with it. And then Zach, one day, just, he started laying out what he knew about it. And it was very much, he understood it. Mm -hmm. And so decided to do this. It was kind of me, Zach, and, and Brian that were like, we're building this thing. This is how we're going to do it. 
do it ethically. We got to do it right. And so everyone was involved. Um, everyone's really excited now because they start seeing it. They're starting to see, you know, big video game companies get involved. They're starting to see articles in the New York Times. They're starting to see, you know, what the board apes have done, what the crypto punks have done, what gaming's going to be. And so now they're like, oh my God, I'm so glad we're early. Um, they've met with our sandbox people in the metaverse and what, what's going to be built. And so people are excited now, but it took definitely some time to get them. Uh, yeah, yeah, big task, big task. So yeah. so you did 10,000 death bats, right? And all 10,000, pardon the pun, but they, they flew out pretty quick. Uh, yeah, not quick on crypto standards, but very quick in terms of taking one audience well, they, and convincing them that this yeah, is something this they is, should be a part of. This is the thing, because like you're not speaking now to crypto evangelists necessarily, right? Yeah. You're speaking to metal music fans and specifically Avenged Sevenfold fans. Obviously, that is yeah. the singular market for these. So they went, I mean, I was keeping my eye on them. They went very quick considering that, right? Yeah, I think so. Was that, uh, what was that like when they when they all just were gone? Was it like, okay, I mean, I guess it's a realization of the fans have the ultimate trust in, in you guys, right? And I, I know that, because you did the promotional video, right? And that was like incredibly well put together. And it talked about some of the utility that, that these uh, bats will have. Like if memory serves, you talked about, there was a golfing, was there a golfing? Perk yeah. that one of them has where yeah. someone could go and play some golf with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think <laughs> that's pretty think, cool. Yeah. So I think that the, those were just little cherries that we sprinkled on top because we thought it'd be fun. Yeah. But that was really like the gist of this. The gist of it was to convince fans that instead of giving us money, which they've done our whole career, mm -hmm. you're still going to have the concerts, you're still going to have the albums. But if you want to build, if you want to be a part of these communities, which there already were communities in Reddit, there's all of these things, we're going to give you ownership of those communities. You're going to have governance over how those communities are run because you're going to own your token in a way that if you ever want to get out, you can always sell it to somebody that wants to be in. And so the idea that, you know, um, like things like the podcast that we're doing or the, the talent show that just happened or there's a bunch of things coming really soon, um, Iron Maiden reached out about us being in their video game and the, the, we're actually going to let the community be in the video game. So they're going to use their oh, bats wow. in there. So there's all these things that you can do when, if you didn't have this token that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do it, it funds itself in a way, but it also builds the community in a way. But one thing that we were really happy with about this is that the floor price stayed really low. Fans got in. It's not a bunch of crypto yeah. spectator flippers. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing that we had to frame to the crypto people was like, Hey guys, we're not going to, this token's not going to be the same as the board apes. We're not going to do everything we can to make the price high. We're trying to keep the price low. I mean, if you look at the value that we're giving, you could still get in for $200 right now. Yeah. And to me, that's insane. And the what, stuff is, that that on, have, is that on OpenSea? So that's open the second yeah. market, right? Yeah. And so to me, like, obviously it's not going to stay there forever because I know what we have planned, right? The, the things that we have planned laying out, are going to be for the people that are pure evangelizers, pure live, breathe, sleep, avenge sevenfold, and build and want that community. And then for everybody else, they're going to have life is going to be the exact yeah, same. No one loses anything. It's not like you're not no, doing the shows now. No more albums, kind of thing. Yeah, like, but I do believe that there's an overarching, like, crypto play here where if Spotify and Apple Music or a third party disrupts it, which we've seen happen over and over throughout the history of tech. If if something goes on chain and artists get paid quicker and you can fractionalize off royalties to your most diehard fans and that you can release music more peer to peer, I think that albums might go away, right? I think that there might be a possibility where, oh, we want to release three songs today and that's how we're going to do it because we can get it right to our true fans. We don't need to go through the machine of how do we promote this? How do we get it out to people? What's the radio agenda? What's the MTV play? Like these things are all going away slowly and the blockchain gives us a lot of possibilities to be creative. I don't know the answer to how that looks, but I do know that we're going to experiment with it and it, it should be more exciting to fans once they change the way they consume things. Cause you know, I, I consume things probably the same way you do. I wait for an album, I get all pumped up and then I get, 
the 12 songs and at my age i don't know if i listen to all of it right now i don't like i don't like i have a like there's so many things vying for my attention right i've got netflix i've got you know movies i've got my family i've got all these things that are like you know and our kids are even worse they've got tiktok and they've got you know twitch and they've got all these things music's kind of taken a back seat it's just kind of it used to be the only thing we would do and now it's one of the things that we do and so to get people's attention it might be better to kind of drop things instead of just that big clump of music that not everyone can sit down and ingest so these are a lot of things that we're thinking about and a lot of things that we're trying to experiment with um because at the end of the day the old model gets a little boring to us and we want to stay engaged and and excited so that's a lot to unpack there but no it's it's it is but it's a it's it's really interesting because this is stuff that like you know because you see a lot of artists get involved in crypto in one way or another whether it's an nft or whether it's a, a coin and i think it does have a bad name like i said to you initially like i'm pretty skeptical like because a lot of the news that you hear as a as a non-crypto guy is like about the pump and dumps and about people kind of giving it a bad name and this is why you know i think a lot of people who aren't super into it kind of roll their eyes a little bit it's all about understanding right and you and you've got potentially a hard job here in i mean thankfully you've got your all these loyal diehard fans that trust the the message and trust what you're doing with the death bat but you also must be getting like a lot of a lot of nonsense on twitter from people who maybe loved waking the fall in a city of evil and are checking in on on what's going on with with Avenged Sevenfold and they, they must have a lot of negative stuff to bring I mean I've seen it with artists I've seen it with Avenged Sevenfold when that video dropped how does that does that take any of the wind out of your sails or are you like fuck it like we know what's going on we know what we're doing we know what we're doing it for the right reason we're more in the camp of fuck it we know what's going on yeah. um just because I think that if we were to crowdsource people's opinions on every record that we wrote and <laughs> I mean you would you would you would never get City of Evil, right? Because people would want another Wake in the Fall. Yeah. And you would get the White Album because people would want another City of Evil. I believe that you have to lead and then people will either follow or they'll, or they'll jump off. But you have to have a good, you have to have good ethics of what you're trying to do. We have 22 years of being a band that have always tried to do right by the fans. Um, if people think that all of a sudden we jumped off because we wanted a $3 million payday, which gets divided by five people and half a bunch goes to management and then you pay taxes. And it's really nothing at the end of the day, when you look at the grand scheme of our whole career, that just people aren't doing like, we would never do that. So that's what I like about projects that people are doxxed, right? You know who they are. Like a lot of these projects, when you have no clue who they are, that's a, a big risk. And you're going to get a lot invisible people behind it. Uh, you're going to get a lot of grifters when you have um, a new space like this and there's money involved. Um, but we're really trying to, we're really trying to go into the, the lion's den here and, and go walk through the fire because we believe at the end of the day this is going to be beneficial more for the fans, um, because, like the fact that you can own, the money you put into something, and the fact that we have access to like there's so many examples right like if you were to like say hey Matt because a bunch of people have said hey, why didn't you drop ten thousand tickets to because we dropped two tickets to everybody on, you know, in the death club. And they said, why didn't you do that to death that nation? And we're like, well, okay. Cause there's 700,000 people. Death, in death nation is your fan club, right? The fan club. Yeah. yeah. The free fan club. Yeah. Right. So there's no threshold to get in. So it's you not like use... the, cause there's like the Metallica one, right? Which is like, you've got pay to enter that. Right. And yeah, then so that has that. no residual value. Yes. Yeah. So the Metallica one would be an example of like you're paying, but you have no residual value. And then Deathbed Nation would be an example of it's free, so everyone make as many email addresses as you want, and then we have no we have no control over what we're sending out, right? Mm -hmm. Can you imagine sending out like picking ten thousand of those people and sending like you just couldn't? Yeah, of course. It'd be a mess. And the, the idea of like, okay, these are the people that bought the Deathbeds Club. We write one simple smart contract, it interacts, and then boom, the tickets are in your in your uh, wallet, right? And then the meetings I've been having this week are with Live Nation. Well, what does that mean? Well, Live Nation's trying to do this too. So we plug right into their back end. Now your ticket, when you walk up, it's a real ticket, scan it at the door, and now you're in. These things all have like a, a larger play, but people are going to have to come online for it to work. 
And people are going to have to see it in action at the shows to understand, oh, this makes my life so much easier. And no one can just pull the rug for me because I own this thing. Yeah. If that guy with my token, I'm going to get my money back or more, which is a part I don't like to talk about much because I don't want to do things to incentivize people to try to pump their tokens, right? Yeah, of course. I want to really just that love the band that want to be involved. Cool, cool. Yeah, so you say a lot of people are going to, people are going to really kind of get the, the, the people who maybe don't see the uh, application now are really going to get that when the live shows start. If I'm in a queue for a show outside and someone walks past me and gets a queue jump, that's enough for me to be like, that, that's, worth, yeah. that's worth having. And like you say, like, you know, what, what? so the floor price was, was it about, it was about $200, right? The floor price was 0. 0.08 ETH. And I think at the time that was rolling out to like, it's about, yeah, three fifty. Cool, three hundred dollars. So, so let's say you airdrop tickets. What is that? Maybe four or five shows worth. I'm a bit out of the loop with the ticket pricing, but the payback time ain't going to be that long, is it? If these people were going to buy these tickets anyway, right? So well, the thing is, most of the people. What most of the people have found is that, and they've said this already. As they said, the community that's happening already was worth the price of admission alone, and like they they have. They have like-minded people that they ideate with. They're starting bands. They're starting one person started a merch company, and people are all paying her to build their merch for her because they own the bats. Um, this Iron Maiden thing that's coming up, right? Where they're gonna the, their characters are gonna be in the game. Um, we have parties planned, which you can only get in if you have the the token. I mean, it's already paid for itself. Yeah. And, and this is you know when I talked to Bob Lefsetz, who's a music guy, on his podcast last week, he he was doing the math, and he's like, yeah, you've already paid them back within a month two months he's like and and the thing is it's just going to get better and better and yeah i mean but people don't see it that way you know they see it as but but it's funny because people don't think we see all this stuff but you know we own our own merch company and so every order that comes through we oh, can so see it's it. all like internally fulfilled it, it is internally fulfilled which we're building protocols for everybody to be able to do this but yeah that's one thing that we have dialed right where that's if you, awesome if you re- if you redeem your token, this is coming out this week. We've been building on the back end. You redeem your token. There's no humans that have to be involved. Your sizing, your address is already in there. It prints out on Shopify, and our guy just basically make the box and sticks it on it. Wow. Which you could not do without the blockchain, which is <laughs> yeah. crazy. But one thing we saw was a lot of people complaining about the price because I think they under they think of it as just a JPEG, right? Mm-hmm. They think of it as, why would I care? And the same people were buying $200 merch boxes and – one merch box, but they wouldn't buy the token that you can hold for life and you can sell back. So it's just an education thing. It's like mm-hmm. teaching them that, no, this you're going to hold on to this thing forever. It's not just a stupid picture. The picture, sure. You can put it on your Twitter. You can see your like-minded the same way someone wears a Slayer t-shirt, and that's, that's my guy, right? I know what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not the play here. The play is that we have your we have the ability to do things for you. That's cool. That's cool. Let's, um, so you're, you're self-fulfilled like your merch company. Um, that's, that's, I didn't know that. Like we, we do, we do merch for our, for our channel. Right. And it's one of the, it's one of the biggest kind of stresses to do because we either hand it off to a, to a third party and obviously Mm -hmm. they take a large percentage of that or you do it yourself and it's very time consuming and, uh, it's a lot of work. Right. Um, I didn't, I, I, this is just me being naive here, but I didn't think any like large band like yourselves would would have put that attention into that. I I always thought it would just be a case of sign a contract with with a supplier and here's the designs you sign off on them and it's all just external. But you have a real kind of um you know real hand in that then. Yeah, I think what you're describing is what a lot of bands do. Mm. But um, we just looked at the numbers from the companies that we've used and we just thought it was unacceptable um, because we, we want to build Avenged Sevenfold out like a lifestyle brand, like with the death bat. And um, we just don't want to pigeonhole it to $20 heavy metal t-shirts, right? We want to do other things because we wear different things and we, we have different interests. So we looked at the numbers that the company we were with before did. So we took it on ourselves and we did seven X that, Whoa. Just by doing it ourselves. And a lot of it was just putting the time into it, learning about the advertising, learning about 
but then also just creative, creatively wanting to build these things ourselves and knowing that we were going to keep 100% of the profit instead of it going to someone else. Um, so, but it, but this day and age, it really ties into what we're doing now because now we can just, we can build stuff for the Death Bats Club, we can build stuff for Avenged Sevenfold and then these NFTs, we can we have all the back end on our fingertips. Mm-hmm. Where if we were with a big company, it would be a lot more, you know, it'd be a lot more difficult. Yeah, to there's, deal with. there's more moving parts, right? And that's, anytime yeah. you add an extra one moving part, it's another um, place where there could be an error or a fuck up of some kind. And especially people that don't understand the space yet. Mm. You know, in 2016, I told our merch company that we needed to do one swipe authentication to get merch. And traditionally, most metal or like at the bravados or the live nations of the world, you got to put your credit card in, create an account. And then if you go to what my wife was doing at the time, she's already logged in. It's like Apple pay one yeah. swipe or PayPal pay. And I said, why are we not doing this? And they just, they had deals with third party um, authenticators. And they had all these things. I was like, okay, we have to leave then because this is why we're, I would never sign up for all this to get a t-shirt. And so we left. And then we also said, you need to do Bitcoin. You should be accepting Bitcoin. And they kind of, yeah, okay, whatever. And now look at now today, it's like, yeah, we should be taking all the cryptocurrencies. We should be doing one swipe verification. We shouldn't care what currency you use. And now you see Shopify's come online. They take crypto. They convert it for you if you want. So the whole world is changing. And it's kind of where we saw it going since 2016. It's just, we didn't have the the balls or the bandwidth to just go do it ourselves. And now we do. Wow. That's mad. That is mad. I didn't know that. I didn't even know that like Shopify and like another an enormous platform. I didn't know that they would kind of just accept that and convert it for you. Yep. They do it all now. You can pay in crypto and you can, you can mint your own F- NFTs and sell NFTs on Shopify now. No way. Yeah. Man. It's crazy isn't it, to think like, imagine this conversation 20 years ago. Imagine, oh, yeah. imagine trying to like, it's hard enough for, for you to explain it to 10,000 people who were, who were invested, I imagine. Never mind, like, like well, this concept is just crazy, man. When you think, I remember, I remember when Bitcoin like first, first started like getting talked about. I was in college at the time and it was maybe 2010. It was real early. And there was this guy in our um, this guy in our class, and he took a lot of drugs. He was a cool guy, uh, remained nameless, but you know he was kind of the he was like the rebel, if you will, of 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 our class. And I remember him telling us about these bitcoins, man. And we were like, "Oh, there he goes again. It's crazy. Yep. They, they must have been worth pence or cents at that time." And now you yeah, look back it's... and you're like, "Do you know what? Maybe maybe we should have all been on drugs." Yeah, dude. It's, uh, it always comes from the crazy people on the outside in their garage, right? And I think there's a saying where um, what people are doing on the weekends now is what everyone will be doing every day in their everyday job. So it's like these people that are figuring out these protocols, they're building these things that they're looked at as outsiders, right? And then all of a sudden it becomes the next big major corporation or major company because it's like the no-brainer. This is what we should have been doing all along or since this came along. And the idea of Bitcoin is very hard to think it would, would have got this far because you're basically saying banks don't need them. Uh, <laughs> interaction with other humans don't need them. It's permissionless. You know, there's a bunch of computers authenticating transactions and you're just like, okay, that that's great and idealist, funky, crazy world. But in the world we live in, there's Bank of America and there's, you know, Citibank and there's, you know, you have to interact with people and slowly but surely people started finding value in, oh, I don't want third parties telling me what I can do with my currency. And this thing this thing has been worked out so brilliantly with the deflationary aspect of it of only 21 million and the way these things work and, and it's worldwide. And it, it sounds like a complete dream, crazy person on drugs until it's not, right? And that's, then it's, that's, that's a great saying though. Uh, what What is that phrase like? Yeah. I'm going to butcher it, but it is something like um, something like every everyone thinks you're crazy until you're right, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, spoke. But there's lots of crazy people. By the way, there's lots of crazy people. So people. (laughs) That's true. That's true. It's like my my cousin had a great analogy. Said, like, you can have a bad dog, right? And the bad dog barks at everything, and it's the worst. And you start not trusting in what 
the bad dog's barking at. But then one day there's an intruder and the bad dog is right. <laughs> and he's like, all of a sudden it's a good dog. And I love that analogy because it's like, yeah, like there's people that they're always crazy. And then there's people that it works out, right? It works out for that particular use case. So, Yeah, it's a great analogy. Great analogy. I guess it's, it's it dumbs down to the boy who cried wolf, right? It's that age of... Yeah. So yeah, that's the same thing. Well, that's always been my that's always been my thing with the Avenged Sevenfold fans. I don't consider us the boy who cried wolf because for 22 years we've made decisions that I feel that they feel like they get behind. Right? We've always ruffled feathers a little bit, but it's never been like it's always been for a vision that we're trying to accomplish. And so, my biggest thing with this is like we're not the boy who cried wolf. This is we see this going somewhere, and we have the technological chops, I guess, with the people that we're working with and where we see it going, that maybe NFTs don't become a thing. I don't believe that to be true, but maybe they don't. But I know that our token, with the way the protocols work now, will always be valuable Mm. because we're always going to be building off this. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, right? If if the whole industry collapses, there's still a tokenized death bat that Avenged Sevenfold will support. And we can still do the things that we can yeah. do right now. I yeah, believe no, that no one else loses out. No one loses out. But I believe that in the end of the day, all of them sevenfold fans that have a phone will have wallets mm. and they will be participating in whether it's Nike or Supreme or Gucci and they'll have metaverse land and they'll interact with their friend, fan, or friends in there the same way we interact on Call of Duty. And they'll be doing all these things and it'll just be this interoperable thing where it's just a normal piece of everyday life. It's kind of like going to you and saying, hey, one day you're going to carry a phone that's a supercomputer in your pocket. Well, no way. I remember, I remember the day before that, or the days before that, and I didn't want anything to do with it. And now I spend hours on this damn thing, right? Absolutely. Like it's <laughs> yeah. the center of my universe. I believe that's what's going to happen. Wow. That's it. Uh, you, um, you mentioned Call of Duty in there. And I, I don't want to just completely change the subject, but... Um, I only remember today that you were in there. You and Gates were in fucking Call of Duty. What was it? Black Ops 2. So Uh, we were in Black Ops 2, and then I was a character, a playable character in Black Ops 4. That's crazy, because you're a big gamer. I've seen your, you got that rig, right? That flight case with a, what is it, Xbox? Yep, Fort Knox. Fort Knox, that's the one. I mean, that is, that's the most rock and roll thing I've ever seen in my life, man. (laughs) <laughs> it's the nerdy, nerdy rock and roll. Yeah, man. It's the, it's two cultures absolutely yeah. just clashing together. Totally. It used to be banging chicks and cocaine, and now it's uh, video games with the boys. I love it, man. I love it. Are you are your kids into video games? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> they play Fortnite. Of and course. They play, Stupid question. In, I mean, they're into all the things kids are into, right? They're playing... Um, they're playing a couple different games, but they play Fortnite, PUBG, um, and they watch TikTok, and they love Twitch, and they love YouTube. I mean, they're kids. They, they're doing what kids <laughs> yeah. in 2022 do. Do you ever play um, do you ever play Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. They, actually, my kids play Grand Theft Auto. I'm a bad dad. I let them well, play. Well, do you know what? I was playing I was playing that back on the PS1 when I was, like, five or six. So yeah. It didn't yeah. do too much. It didn't, it, didn't, it didn't harm me too much. So my son was always going in the strip club, and we had to tell him he couldn't go in there anymore. He's getting dancing from the girl. So. How, how old is your son? Oh, uh, he's seven. Oh, what a lad! <laughs> I thought it was so cool. So, does yeah, he so understand? Like, my nine-year-old tells on him if he goes in the strip club. Oh no way! Does Does he understand? Like, dad's a multinational rock and roll sensation. Does he get that? I mean, I don't know to the extent, to be honest, like we haven't toured in so long and they were very young when, when we were touring. I think um, when we get back on the road, um, I think it will be like, whoa. Like they know though, because there's a lot of kids at the school where their parents are fans and, no way. and the kids let them know. Or, or like, so like a lot of my friends that are in the EDM world, they're big fans of, so they think it's cool. Like they're like, how does dad know Marshmallow? Or how does dad, know? <laughs> you know, these are like, these are like the idols to that. And like, they go to school and they're like, I met Marshmallow. And they're like, no, you didn't. And like, you know, like <laughs> they, they understand to some extent, but they're not, it's not the world they live in. They like, like they listen to EDM and hip hop. And yeah. then like a couple rock bands they like, 
like they love System of a Down. Yeah. Uh, awesome. But they're but they're very like eccentric rock bands. They like the ones that are over the top. Yeah. Serge Tankian, say no more. Yeah. Well, they love like Prison Song, and they love like all those like things that are very like lots of space and like Prison bounciness. Song's awesome, man. What a great yeah. track. It would. Um, yeah. Uh, what what was the last show you went to? Like not system, just in general. Like what was the last the last uh, show that you attended? Um, last show, I went to Brooks Wackerman. He has a cover band, yeah. so I saw that. No um, way! The, I hope you're on the uh, I hope you're on the guest list for that one. I was on the guest <laughs> list. Um, it was at a pizza parlor, so there was no entry to get in. So it was nice. Uh, could, um, and was this just available to the public? Yeah. So you could yeah. just rock up to a pizza parlor. Brooks is there on the drums. Fucking. Yep. <laughs> you yep. know. The guy, I mean, that guy, the drums are just an extension of him at this point, right? He's insane. Um, I know. But as if he's just doing that, that's 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 passion right there. Yeah, totally. And then I think concert, I don't know what the last concert was I went to. I mean, we had COVID and then there wasn't many things going on here. Mm. Um, I mean, I remember, too, the things I've been to so long ago. Um, I've been going to a lot of basketball games, sporting events. I need to do that but, one week. Every time we're in America, we're always like, we need to, we need to go to a game, we need to go to a game, and we just run out of time. Nothing like it, yeah. It's good. I've heard it's Talk incredible. And, and basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, you know, around here, event sevenfold is, it's almost like a bragging right, and and I, I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. Like, it's it's very competitive with everyone I I meet. So for the last maybe ten to twelve, thirteen years. Um, you know, I've loved your band and I've met many people who have, but it's always a competition about who's seen the earliest Avenged Sevenfold show. And I, I reckon I've met more people that have told me they've been to you. You guys did a show in like the Leeds University like years ago. Yep. Um, I've, I think more people have told me they went to that than there was people in attendance. That happens like, to me all the time. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> there's a there's a band yeah. you know the band um Arctic Monkeys? You heard of the Arctic yep. Monkeys? So yep. they're from just round the corner. And their first gig was like twenty people. I wasn't there, but I've met two hundred people that say I was there. hundred <laughs> percent. So we have that we have that with like chain reaction and people be like, Yeah, I used to see them at the chain reaction days or the showcase theater days. And I'm like, first off No, you didn't. There was nobody there because I recognized every face there and all my friends. <laughs> just like, you know, like support us, and then I'm, and then we go before the show. I'm like, hey guys, like if there's anyone there that we don't know, we just start in a circle pit so it looks like you yeah. Know, I mean, like, that's a local. Yeah. That's a small show, right? That's we we, yeah. we you go to a go to a show. The crowd is just the support bands, and yep. everyone's just running around in a pretty sparse circle. Yeah, but in 20 years, that band makes it big. Oh, I was there. I was there. I was there. Yeah. Thousands of people. That's yep. funny. Yeah, the ticket or sales like, didn't feel that healthy, but, uh, <laughs> but apparently they were. Yeah. 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 Man, I, I think um, we played like, um, what is the underground? The underworld? In London. Yeah. Camden played, Underworld. We played this, I think there was like a small stage. Yeah. We played a couple places where there's like 300 cap. And then we played one where it was like a thousand cap. And then London was always somewhere where we played a lot of, we, we did a lot of work there, you know. Going from like that to like a couple different places, the world, like Astoria. Um, we just, yeah, Hammerstein Ballroom, I think it is. Or no, not Hammerstein. That's that's New York. What is the? Oh, what, what is it? the other? Hammers. Oh, no. Hammersmith. Hammersmith. That rings a bell. Hammersmith. Whatever that venue is, we played there a couple times, and man, what a what a trip. Yeah, man. But yeah, everyone was there. Everyone at Download Festival was at those first shows. <laughs> He's crazy. <laughs> they yeah. must have been right at the back where the lights yeah. can't reach. 100%. Yeah, man. I remember when um, I first saw you guys on the Nightmare Tour. So sadly, a little too late. But um, it was with Mike on the drums. Yep. Um, who'd been an idol of, me, of mine for like years and years. But I remember like um, me, and, me and my boy Raz... We were like, right, when we get in there, we're going to get front row, which which we did. And it's like, we got to shout nightmare louder than anyone else. Louder than anyone else in this show. Everyone, yeah. everyone obviously had the same idea, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised my vocal cord wasn't like yours at the end, man. Good God. <laughs> totally. 
do yeah, it every night. That was that was crazy though. That was um, even that like to think of you in a, in an academy venue. Like what are they like two and a half thousand? It just seemed to yeah. It just seemed to run away after that. And the next thing is like yeah. oh here we are headlining download festival. <laughs> it was that eighteen thousand. It would be fun to go back and do some of those venues again though. Hey, let me tell you, it would be. Yeah, it would be yeah. man. You need to do a classics uh, classics tour. A lot you see a lot of UK bands doing that now. Because there's yeah. um there's the big thing with like one of our one of our local bands recently was in the running for a number one number one record and they do this thing right where put on like a thousand shows and every ticket to the show you get a copy of the record so it's a oh, yeah, counts yeah, yeah. towards the chart. So you had you have these bands that you know normally play pretty sizable venues crammed into like we got a place in Leeds called the Key Club I think it's a hundred and fifty venue man the sweat. Yeah. Sweat was pouring off the walls, dripping off the roof. It's crazy. But they got See, those one. are like those those are all the things that like like everybody's trying to manipulate the charts, right? Yeah, right. All trying to like but it's like at some point we should just let it be what it is, right? So we know where we stand. Mm -hmm. And I think that the old music industry put so much earnest into these numbers, right? Oh, I got a number one record. Well, okay, but how'd you get a number one record? Well, we if there's an asterisk next to it, it's it yeah, yeah, it, right? like, like, and that's the problem with rock music right now. It's like always trying to play catch up to these mm -hmm. artists that are just clearly bigger. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if, if a Kanye comes out or an Eminem comes out or something, we really have no chance with those type of numbers. But we try to find sneaky ways to compete, <laughs> and I just think that we need to fight fire with fire and just make better songs, get better distribution, get more. I don't know. It's just to me, it's like, let's really compete, you know, like you don't want to be second on the bench. And I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people that go like, we don't care. Um, we don't like rock music shouldn't be that big. When it's like, OK, well, if that's the case. Then stop making. Yeah, 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 own it, own it. Like, like, yeah, either it is what it is. It's funny, though, because we did that on the stage where we did that surprise release and it sold. Less than half of what the previous record did. Previous record had six oh, months. Did you, do, did you do a Did you do an Eminem with that then and just drop it? We did. Yeah, we just dropped it. I love that. Um, that takes some balls, though, right? But at least we got to see where we stood, right? It was there was no sell the ticket, get the record. There was no six months of hey, all these pre orders keep and then adding more packages on top and then hey, you got to buy this pre order too. And the special, uh, the special vinyl that's like yeah. transparent red. Yes. Yes. And now you got to get the gold one. You gotta get. Yeah. Are you a real fan or not? You need both. I know, and so I just feel like it just gets a little corny, mm. and like, let's just let the music like put your money where your mouth is. If you don't care about the chart, then just put the music out any way you want, and stop trying to nickel and dime the fans for multiples of the same record. Or hey, if you go to our live show, you got to get a record. It comes with it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I've tried to offload bring me the horizon cds because i've got too many of them because i went to too many shows they're just you know yeah. what, what am i gonna i don't i don't have a cd player man i got an old imac from like 2000 that's got a cd 100%. drive yep um no it doesn't make sense no it's it's, it's a bit crazy but yeah, like you mentioned about um music and the, to go back to the blockchain quickly um you mentioned about like, you know, you might want to release like a, a package of like three songs and just cut out all the kind of distribution and just straight to fans. Did you do something kind of like that on the stage where didn't you like go and add stuff to the stage after it had shipped? Yeah. So like once every couple of months, we would add a new song to the stage. So the record kept evolving. Yeah. So That's it was a little bit cool. different, but that was like, but it was mass production, right? So everyone, you know, one day you wake up on Apple music and, there's another song on it and um we kind of took that influence honestly from kanye because when he had saint pablo out he was changing songs after the record was already out i mean look at it um, have you listened to donda oh yeah yeah I, I love that i love that record but that's evolved significantly like I'm, yeah. I'm sure it's got twice as many songs on it now as as it did when i first got it yeah it's just it's it's a new way of looking at things mm. right it's like the reason we made records the length they were is because the technology at the time, you had, you had seven inches, you had eight dots, you had, you know, you had tapes, then you had CDs, and then the CDs allowed a little more time, so people started making longer records. 
And now we have streaming where you can do whatever you want, but we're still using the CD format of how we put together records. Yeah. And then you have someone, Kanye, that's like, okay, like, I wouldn't be able to change a CD. Like, I have an old arcade game, or I have old Mortal Kombat. Oh, like a cabinet. A ca- cabinet, yeah. yeah. And to, when there was upgrades on that, a physical person had to go out, take out the old Yeah, CD it was like literally a, a build it. Now with streaming, Call of Duty just doesn't update. PUBG doesn't update, right? And so we are streaming as artists. We have the ability to do whatever we want. Why does the record have to be, this is what it was when it came out and it stays like that forever. Maybe I want to change that song out. Maybe I want to do this. Maybe I want to add a song. Maybe I don't think the song works anywhere. I pull it away. I mean, I'm not saying those are good ideas. I'm saying you have the ability to think outside the box here and people aren't really utilizing it, except Kanye. I mean, really he does. And that's, that's inspiring to us because it's like, yeah, well, what can we do to make not only ourselves feel like we're creatively, you know, doing things that, you know, enhance how we feel about ourselves, but also how are we, what are we doing to enhance the artist or the listener's experience? So. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And like you said, uh, Kanye really kind of flies the flag for that, right? He's, um, are you a big, are you a big Kanye fan? He's my favorite artist. Is he? Yeah. I've been on such a such a I mean I, I love I loved his first record when that came out and I kind of just fell out of love but then just being like catching up and man what an, what an incredible artist yeah, I know there's four records there in the middle like Yeezus um, 808s Twisted Fantasy Dark Fantasy yeah and then there's cover to um, cover, man. what like I mean St. Pablo I mean the whole those four records are just pure brilliance and they're all different from each other they've they don't have anything to do with each other. And I love that. They're just like splats of art. Like, mm. how are you feeling? Like, um, Jesus was such a... Brilliant. Yeah. Divisive I know. record. But that's that's kind of what you want sometimes. It's groundbreaking. If you listen to that record, it doesn't sound like anything before or after. No, man. If you say, he, did that, he did those interviews with Zane Lowe. I don't know if you've seen them. They're like two-hour-long interview, man. When when uh, Jesus came out, oh, it's a great insight into the man and how he works. I mean, you'll, have you seen the Netflix documentary? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm saving that for my flight to LA uh, in two yeah. weeks, but I've heard it's very, very good. It's very good, but they, they have no footage of those four records. It's all the first record. Oh, really? I mean, it gets to a point to where Kanye kind of cut out the guy Cootie mm-hmm. uh, in his life. And then it kind of picks back up when he's getting a little crazier, right? Yeah. And so the, that's a shame. It's great watching it, but it's like at the same time, they miss Yeezus, 808s, Pablo, and Fantasy. And so that kind of sucks because I would love to see what's going on then. You know, that was when it well, was. The, 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 I mean, we've totally gone off the rails here, but the um, the fantasy recording session, like, you know, the story of that, right? And it, like everyone had to wear suits. Everyone was in. Yeah, Hawaii. I read a lot on that record. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. I'm well, the, it's great to learn that, that that Kanye is your favorite artist, man. I would have yeah. I would have had you, you know. I mean, I've heard you talk about so many artists over the years, but I guess I just missed the Kanye fact. That's awesome. Well, whenever we say it, it turns into a headline, and everyone gets disappointed in us. So we'll edit this one out then. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, you put it in there. People need to know, man. Like, you don't you don't pull from other metal bands. You pull from artists that are doing other stuff and then the way they that's think what makes the it more interesting way more interesting and a lot of his stuff as um quite a bit um borrowed from rock and metal 100 percent. like hold my liquor that song on uh-huh. Jesus was all inspired by queen like there's a bunch of things that are all like you hear like his producers and people that are making that stuff they're like oh we like the dueling guitars and they got all those duels in it yeah and, and yeah. <laughs> with uh kid kid cuddy um Kids See Ghosts, um, there's a song called Free Part 2, um, and that was inspired by Led Zeppelin. The drums, the big drums, yeah, it's all Led Zeppelin. Yeah, signature sound. Yeah. I've not heard yeah. the Kids See Ghosts album, but all I've heard is great things, so it's on the... Amazing. I'm saving all this stuff for my flight, because it's a long yeah. flight. You know, you know how it is. It's a long yep. flight. Um, yep. Oh, wow. Cool, cool. Well, look, we've run up to an hour now, so I don't want to keep you for much longer. Um I love the work that you're doing. I love the way that you, the, I think I think the kind of, the most 
powerful snapshot of what you've said to me is that even if the whole system crumbles, Event Sevenfold fans have got this token and they're still going to get that utility out of it as long as Event Sevenfold is the thing, which yeah. kind of then, it's almost like you kind of you kind of wish that blockchain and NFT wasn't even part of the, the conversation and it was just thought of as, as this singular token, but it's a great way to look at it and it's a way that I'll try and frame it when explaining it to other people in my uh, infancy yeah, still. It's, it's hard to explain to people if they don't understand the blockchain. And the blockchain is what makes it all possible, right? The idea that everything's interconnected and interoperable in that way. And, and we can connect real concerts with ticket stubs, with metaverse concerts, with streaming, with royalties. That, that needs the blockchain. And that's why blockchain people are so excited but it also turns off other people that don't understand what blockchain brings to the table. They just think, eh, you could have done that before. And you really can't. And so it's the, it's, it's the education thing. It's going, okay, that's blockchain. Oh, I understand why this layers on top of it seamlessly. But at the end of the day, yeah, as soon as someone says NFT, people, the hair on, the, on their backs raises up and they get all crazy. And so it's just, you know, it's just, it's one, it's one person at a time. It's all good. Love it. Love it. Well, I wish you continued success, man. And thanks, man. I can't thank you enough for jumping on and chatting to me. Um, if 18 year old me could see this moment, he'd be giving me a high five. So I really appreciate <laughs> everything that you've done. Um, you know, we love events sevenfold. I love events sevenfold and can't thank you enough for just, uh, just shooting the shit with me, man. On a, what day is it today? Monday night. Not a bad Monday, Monday night. Yep. Monday afternoon for me. Monday afternoon. Well, if I see you, I'll see you there. If not, take it easy. See you on Twitter. Have a good one, man. Take care. All right, brother. Bye-bye. See you later, man. Bye-bye. Thanks.